Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs> Yo, listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue, like him inside and outside blew his house with a blue little window and a blue corvette and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around cause he ain't got nobody to listen I'm Crystal Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to the most extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience. The Extreme Three-Way Dance, I am JT. Joining me as always, Jenny, Matt, how are you guys doing? Uh, extreme as always. Uh, I, I could not be more extreme, in fact. Mm. Mm. You better get more extreme, motherfucker. Uh, but I can't be more extreme, Jenny. I just can't. You can and you will. Well, all right then. He's maxed out on extremeness. Oh, yeah. Have we recovered Damn. from November to remember? That's what I want to know, because that that was an epic uh, night for us. We've been building to that one for a while. Super-sized episode out of the three-way dance uh, triumvirate here. So I'm, I'm still I'm still shook. That was uh, an all-time show. Mm-hmm. I would uh, agree. Nine out of ten for some mm-hmm. of this. But... Well, it, it was an eight. Yeah, solid, solid eight. Yeah, about an eight. Good eight. Good eight. Uh, so anyway, if you didn't listen to that one, go back and listen to it because it was an iconic show. We're going to get into a little bit of the fallout here tonight as we march toward year end 1996. And we're going to open with the first of our three weeks of TV, November 19th, 1996. We get a very long opening video package with black and white stills from the sold out November to remember. Uh, of course, this is also set to November rain. We get shots from every match. Every big moment. Um, obviously, we're not going to recap this all, but I thought this was a pretty good package, Matt. What did you think? I, I thought it was a strong way to open the show, especially since you have to assume not everyone was out there that's watching this. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart way to open the, the first show after November to remember. Uh, the network dub sounded nothing like November Rain. It sounded like <laughs> fucking fucking Alice in Chains or something. But but uh, look, which I guess tr- it could have been. Tr- I assumed it was November Rain again. Right. I, I mean, that's what I'm assuming too, because that would right. make sense, because that's what they always did. But I mean, it could have been Alice in Chains. But if it wasn't, it's a weird choice to have. You know, uh, they whoever <laughs> does those network dubs loves Alice in Chains because I feel like yeah. there's like a million ECW overdubs that all. All sound like an Alice in Chains. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> or maybe ECW used a lot of Alice in Chains, which is also possible. Uh, that's that's also possible. But yeah, a, a great way to start the show, Jenny. 
do you ever want to play a fun little game while you're watching this is use your little i don't know if you have this but i do but it's the shazam app so it mm-hmm. like recognizes any song and put it on and watch it be very confused mm. as to what it's listening to because it never knows any of the fucking songs <laughs> uh, i might have done that on one of these episodes and was very entertained by it but i like seeing the as opposed to like you know like video highlights i like seeing the black and white stills mm-hmm. uh in video form so you know straight up PowerPoint, but mm-hmm. uh, they were very artistic looking photos. Yeah, my cousin and her husband were on that Beach Shazam show. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, they, they didn't do very well. But, oh. uh, well, that's hard. Um, well, it's funny. She blamed the, uh, they're wearing these awful outfits, and she blames like they made them pick out of like a set wardrobe, basically. And she said they were like all uncomfortable and threw them off, which is funny. Which I think it was tongue in cheek. Okay, she was I think she was. It was a little tongue in cheek. She was saying. I, I, I don't think cool. that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the clothes are awful. I'll try and find a picture. It's it's like an awful look for both of them. <laughs> it is. They were like I better say it. it was like terrible that they made them pick from the set set choices. All right, Joey welcomes us into the nest. He says, "If you missed November, remember it's a regret you'll never forget." We get our opening animation. Joey's back to file the post-game report hours after the show has ended, and that show is a memory that will not fade anytime soon. He runs down some of the happenings, including the increased tension between Sabu and Taz. He walks us through their history as a team, now their enemies, all the fallout and the changes, including Paulie quitting managing to head backstage after he fired Sabu. Taz started to speak from the heart, never forgiving what happened. We then get clips of Paul explaining the reason for Sebu ghosting Taz that we saw last week. So, again, pretty simple stuff. I thought Joey, as always, does a nice job catching us up on the story and filing this post-game report. Love me some Joey. Yeah, I mean, he he's, he he is the glue that holds ECW together, I believe we have said on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. So Many times. All right, we get the full clip of Taz's opening promo for November to Remember. We then go back to Joey, talks about the tag team fallout for November, Remember, talks about the arrival of the Blue World Order. That leads us <laughs> to uh, Stevie Richards versus David Morton, Tyler Jericho from November to Remember. So we get that in full. We then get some highlights of RVD and Sabu versus the Eliminators. Joey's back in the nest. He says the Dudley family feud had to be finished at November, remember. Recaps all of the feud up to this point, including Joel Gertner advising Devon and Axel to press charges and sending Big Dick to jail. We then get the full Devon versus Bubba match from November to remember. We go backstage for footage of Gertner on the stretcher. Uh, So with him (laughs) out of it, Axel Rotten handles Hype Central. And uh, it's just Gertner feeding him lines, which are a bunch of digs at Styles, which was funny. <laughs> um, we then get more quick clips of RVD versus Sabu. RVD and Sabu against the Eliminators. Joey explains what happened, and we see the clip of Gordon making the three-way dance. And that leads us to the full three-way dance from November to Remember to wrap up this episode. So a pure highlight show for us, again, like we always say. In the moment, this would have been amazing if you're watching this episode, mm-hmm. seeing all this stuff from November, remember. But to us, it's a pure recap. So, I mean, no awards, but any thoughts on what they included here? Just little things about um, Joey's face when he talks about the BWO. Um, Joel continuing to talk shit <laughs> while he's on the stretcher <laughs> after getting destroyed. It's so, so epic. Just little things like that. Again, Gertner was fucking killing me. Like, yeah. uh, he's whispering to Axel. <laughs> Stud <Stunt> muffin. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Like dead muffin. 
All right, let's fast forward a week. November 26th, 1996. We open with a Taz. He's sitting in the dark and says it's time for his side of the story. He talks about how him and Sabu won the tag team titles at Double Tables 1995. Says he carried Sabu to the titles, and everyone knows Sabu's a mark for belts. It's just another photo for him to put in the aftermag. But who cares? Months later, three-way dance. They both get calls from Japan. Taz turned down the date and the offer because he's committed to ECW. But Sabu accepted it. He said it was, the money was too good. Taz says words mean nothing with Sabu. Taz called Paul and said, you either fire Sabu or he's going to quit. The next day, Paul went out at three-way dance. The public, he fired Sabu. Taz made sure he was in the ring, so no swerve happened on him. That summer, Taz had his neck broken. He had no po- partner to back him up. Paul panicked, and the fans called for Sabu, so Paul brought him back. And Taz felt it was a slap to his face. Taz has been calling him up for one year because Sabu fears him, as he should. Taz says in November, remember, he came out to choke out Sabu because if Sabu just came to Taz and said, team up again for the titles and forget the past, Taz would have dropped it. But Sabu never did it. Sabu gave his word and said to RVD. So RVD ended up saving Sabu, the ass kicking of a lifetime. And we get those clips of RVD saving Sabu and Taz choking him out at the end uh, during November to remember. So uh, Matt, this is a great promo by Taz. It answers the Paul one from a couple weeks ago, gives his side of the story. And I'll tell you, you know, a story's good when you believe both sides, like, right. like both of these are believable. You can see where they each coming from. They each have mm-hmm. uh, valid feelings in, you know, involved in this. So I, I, this is really good stuff. Yeah. I said it on the last episode. Uh, I, I forgot just how good of a promo Taz is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this whole Sabu stuff, I mean, it's making me remember just how fucking great he is as a promo. He's just amazing. Like, I, I, if I was Sabu, I don't want to piss. I don't want to piss off Taz. I don't want to go near him because he's going to fucking kill me if I go near him. Like, I mean, maybe that's what Sabu wants. No one's Sabu, but uh, yeah, it's just it's an amazing promo. And I liked the touch they had when Sabu, uh, Sabu, when Taz was talking about like. April 8th, 95 and all that stuff. They were showing clips mm-hmm. of like the moments and like almost, it looked almost like a thought bubble type of thing. Mm. That was, uh, that was pretty cool for, uh, 1995 and ECW's a uh, shoestring budget. That couldn't have been, uh, all that easy to put together, but yeah, it, it's a fantastic promo, Jenny. Agreed. Um, he looks cool. Like his mysterious orange hoodie and the black background. And you do believe him. You do. And it's like, it's all a little off, though. And and he the only place he sort of loses me is when he's like, you know, Sabu would have said, like, you know, let's make <laughs> leave the past behind and go for the belt. <laughs> after after all of that you've done. No, of course, he's not going to do that. <laughs> like, who expects him to do that? Like, and also, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Uh, so that's the only part that I didn't believe. But other than that, this is. Very good, but still feels like he's not telling me the truth. All right. Well, as far as task is concerned, it is the truth. So you got to get on board. I don't know. We get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He sets up our night ahead, which includes our first match, which is Hack Myers versus Axel Rotten from November to Remember. Uh, we then get uh, a great piece of business here. We get the BWO paid advertisement. So this is mimicking <laughs> the NWO paid for uh, gimmicks that they do on WCW. We get the same style with the quick cuts, the black and white. Stevie says they're going to look to acquire new talent for the BWO. 
You got Hollywood Nova bragging on his newest movie. Uh, he keeps trying to take over, but Stevie stops him. And then in comes the blue guy with a takeout order. Uh, so again, the impressions were tremendous here. Mimicking the paid ad was brilliant. Um, it's just an on point parody. It's, you know, Saturday Night Live wishes. Right. <laughs> they could do this. Imagine just, you know, like being in a random room with some of your buddies with a video camera and just doing like parodies of mm-hmm. other wrestlers. Like that is right. that is really That's what they're doing. It's mm-hmm. honestly like who right. would who would do such a thing? And Blue Beanie killed me in this. Uh and <laughs> as Razor <laughs> Like seriously, like that shit's funny. And he says blue cheesemo, which popped me because it sounds <laughs> stupid and hilarious. Uh, and then somebody, I think it was Stevie, before before Blue pops in, he says, "Who busted wind?" <laughs> I'm like, never heard that before. But yeah. Okay. Good lord. Yeah, uh, just incredible stuff. And you know, we mentioned it on the last episode too, how how detailed they are with this uh, with mm. th- this parody. Meanie, even with the single strand of hair coming down his forehead. So good. Just like Hall. Oh, such a great touch. Yeah, it's just amazing stuff. God, I love the BWO. Alright, we got quick clips from the main event from November to remember. Uh, then Joey talks about the return of Terry Funk, who came back after a year away. We get more clips from Douglas and Lee uh, versus Funk and Dreamer, November to remember. Joey is with Tommy Dreamer in the nest. Talks about the return of Beulah. Says a mixed tag grudge match has been signed. And we'll be seeing Shane Douglas and Francine <gasps> taking on Tommy Dreamer and Beulah soon. The feud has been renewed. Tommy says this is a beautiful way to die. <laughs> uh, any thoughts, Jenny, on Tommy's uh, ongoing obsession with suicide? Uh... <laughs> I'll save those. But uh, a fucking mixed tag match. Sign me up. I'm ready mm-hmm. for this shit. Yeah, it, it makes sense <laughs> given what happened in November to remember. You could kind of, you kind of had a feeling they were going to do this at some point. I didn't necessarily think it would be this soon afterwards, but y- you could kind of see it coming, and I'm here for it. So, some maybe someone will die. Who knows? It's possible. He promises <laughs> it in every feud. So, Bula's <laughs> neck what? is real fucked up, y'all. Yeah. I mean, one of these days it's going to have to happen. He keeps promising it. Mm-hmm. Gertner's backstage gives us an example of audio ecstasy in Hype Central. <laughs> Usual Gertner stuff here, a lot of alliteration involved. And then we get the full segment of Scorpio in all his matches, as well as Taz destroying Paul uh, E. Dangerously and Todd Gordon and the showdown with Sabu. So, again, big stuff if you're watching this for the first time. I thought the Taz promo was great on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, BWO and Taz continue to rise in stock, but again, pretty much a highlight show with a couple of new fresh things. Uh, Jenny, any final thoughts on this episode? I think that this podcast can be described as audio ecstasy. Mm. Mm. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Gertner's a very poetic promo. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like cosplaying as V from V for Vendetta. Instead of using <laughs> words with V, he used words with E, which was... Uh, Quite something. Uh, like, did he memorize that? Did he have it on cue cards? I don't have a memory Great that good. Great question. I don't, I don't know how that fucking works. He's but, just yeah. that good. I think uh, he's yeah. brilliant with this stuff, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to our last episode uh, here tonight. December 3rd, 1996. Open with the closing of last week's show, where Taz went on a rampage and eventually got face-to-face with Sabu. Get our opening animation, then Joey's in the nest. 
Talks all about Taz and Sabu and says the feud will intensify in 1997 because they'll be colliding on the biggest show in ECW history. Joey says Sabu has now told all of Taz's secrets to RVD, who dealt with Taz in Downington, Pennsylvania recently. And we head to fan camp footage of this impromptu match between Taz and Van Dam. Taz controlled early after a chair shot, but RVD came back with some kicks. We got a lot of Fonzie whistleblowing here. RVD cracked him with a somersault sent onto the floor, and Joey talks about how Taz stooged to RVD about Sabu's weaknesses earlier this year, and that has flipped around, and Taz is pissed about it. RVD works Taz over in the ring, but Taz comes back with a suplex. However, we hear the BWO music firing up, and they appear in the crowd. The match just completely stops, and they just watch what's going on. <laughs> the BWO kind of vanish, and Taz takes back over. Joey talks about how funny it would be if rumors started of Taz joining the BWO. RVD grabs a chair and kicks it into Taz's face. Taz comes back with a T-bone and hooks a Taz mission. Nails a German, which leads to an RVD near fall. So Taz ratchets the hold even tighter, keeping it locked through a rope break. Finally, the locker room completely empties, pulls him off. And Joey says RVD holds the key to both Taz and Sabu's demise, since he has all the secrets uh, that we keep talking about all through this year. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of good with the secrets. I think it's I, I've not cared for that part of this angle all along i think it's a little hokey but um this this is a pretty fun impromptu segment jenny uh yes um can this is in a high school gym right yeah well it's somewhere in downington for sure okay i would assume downington high school um can somebody drown fonzie in a bucket or like a toilet Mm. um maybe that's who dreamer's gonna kill god that would be great um (laughs) At least kill that whistle because goddamn, <laughs> I mean it will fuck up something fun that you're watching. But I mean I really like this. Um, it, it's good to see uh, Taz eat a little shit because uh, RVD fucked him up a little bit off that top rope move. Um, he usually doesn't fuck around too much, so I don't know. I like this one, Maddie. Taz in the BWO. There's a visual. Good lord. He he could be like the Scott Norton of the BWO or something. But yeah, uh, this was uh, this was super fun stuff. Uh, give me a full length match between Taz and RVD because that yes, could be please. that could be real fucking cool. But uh, yeah, I, I love this segment and uh, impromptu. A little weird that the BWO just kind of shows up, but I get it. That's kind of going to be their thing. I think it would appear. Mm-hmm. So they're they're just going to do whatever the fuck they want, sort of like the NWO, but they're a blue version of it, I guess would be the best way to uh, describe it. But yeah, uh, super fun stuff at this uh, cafe gymatorium. <laughs> Joey's in the nest talking about the Taz mission, says Taz was looking to hurt RVD, not win the match, which is probably true. Yep. We didn't get clips of Mikey Whiprack versus Chris Candido for November to remember. And Joey says recently the arrogant Candido is exploded on the scene. He's only 25, but he has more experience than wrestlers even older than him. He has a newfound respect for Mikey after you barely beat him in November. Remember, and recently in Webster, Massachusetts, uh, Matt will be soon. <laughs> Mikey is without his partner, Hack Myers, who's taking a break after his lose to the ECW match against Scorpio. So Candido stepped in <clears throat> to help Mikey battle the Eliminators. Uh, it was crazy to me that Candido is only fucking 25 here. It's just not mm. right. That's ridiculous. That does that doesn't make any that math doesn't add up. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Let's get to our match. Mikey Whipwreck, Chris Candido versus the Eliminators from Webster Town Hall in Webster, Massachusetts. Candido talks about all his respect for Mikey, carrying lazy pieces of shit to good matches the last two years. Mikey's proved he was a man 
have the type of match he loves to have. Candido says the Eliminators are the best team in the business, and he wants to wrestle. So Candido shakes their hands, and we get going. Joey talks about ECW honoring their stipulations, not like other companies. So Hack Myers will be gone for 60 days. Candido and Saturn start with a back-and-forth series of chain spots into a stalemate. We get a handshake. Candido asks for Cronus, and they oblige. Joey talks about the Eliminators have solved their dissension. Candido lands some kicks, but Cronus catches him with a handspring elbow for two. We clip ahead to Mikey tagging in to face Cronus. He yanks him down by the hair, leaps around, and lands some strikes. <coughs> Excuse me. Mikey cracks him with a super kick and sends him to the corner. Saturn tags in, and they go back and forth with Mikey holding his own, hits a flurry, gets trapped in a side headlock. Saturn plants Mikey with a shoulder block, but Candido kicks him in the back of the head as he hits the ropes. Candido tags in and gets to work, laying in some strikes and a slam for two. Cronus comes in. They double-team Candido with kicks. Clip ahead to Mikey loading Saturn for a superplex with Cronus saving, and they push Mikey through a table at ringside. Candido comes over to help Mikey get up, and he picks him up and throws him back in the ring and cheers him on. Saturn keeps pouring it out as Mikey's working with one arm. The other one's just hanging. Cronus is in. They bury some hard double-team kicks as Candido is trying to rally the fans. The Eliminators keep punishing Mikey and knock Candido off the apron. Every time he gets knocked off, he stomps around holding his eye. The double teams and punishment roll on as Candido pulls it back together at ringside. Mikey keeps kicking out and hanging on, but his arm is taking a beating. Cronus nails Candido again. He's all messed up, complaining about his nose and his teeth. Joey says Candido is bragging about his bridge work from Dr. Michelano recently. <laughs> Candido struggles back to the corner as Saturn grabs a cross arm breaker. Mikey's in trouble, but he won't give in. Candido gets cracked again, and now he's saying he can't hear because his ear is all fucked up. Joey puts over Cronus' great physical shape as Mikey tries to come back. Can, uh, he fights off both guys with one arm as Candido watches. Saturn shoves Candido to the floor, and Mikey gets nailed with total elimination to end the match. Uh, this was more story than match, but it was fun. It was a classic dismantling by an elite tag team reminiscent of WrestleMania V, Strikeforce, Brainbusters type attack. Candido is funny with the exaggerated bullshit, which will lead to an angle. And maybe finally a feud for Mikey. We'll see with Candido. <laughs> Uh, good match, though, Jenny. It went two and three quarters. So I was, like, really into this, and I think it's because here's the tag match <laughs> that mm-hmm. we talked about for months with Mikey. Um, sort of not who I saw, uh, not who I kind of wanted for him to, to, like, impromptu tag with. I would really prefer, like, Spicoli or somebody like that, but... They had a good match in November to remember, and even though it was a little, it was missing a little something, I thought, okay, um, let's see what they can do as a tag. And the whole match felt like it could be from any era. Like, it was like a timeless, like, classic tag. Like, I just thought the Eliminators looked fucking awesome. Um, I love watching Cronus, like, just do handsprings across the fucking ring. That's sick. Um... Mikey getting dumped off the top rope into the table was awesome. Um, and then when Cantito started doing his goofy, you know, ow my teeth, ow my eyeball, and ow my shit, I'm like, the fuck, man? Like, um, but then I was like, okay, well, maybe this is going to end up in a feud for Mikey that will end up being good. So mm-hmm. I decided I was going to roll with that. Like, and maybe this is what this is. No, it's the great heel stuff. He is. Yeah. yeah, it's great. He's, yeah, he's just because, um, like I said, I'm still yeah. unsure about him. Like I'm right, still right. kind of feeling like learning him. So I'm like, okay, this is what he. This is his thing. Um, so once I bought into that, I was like, 
I was good. But poor Mikey got his ass whooped. Uh-huh. But he's mm-hmm. real good at it. And um, he gets the nice hope spot with that double drop kick, but then eats that total elimination. Um, very, very fun tag match. I think these tags have really um, gotten better over the course of the last couple months when I felt like they struggled for a little bit <laughs> um, with random tags. But I did three and one quarter stars, Matt. Uh, Candido is such a boost to ECW. Like he's a guy at this point, and like you said, he's only 25, which is crazy to think about. Like he's a guy who could have a good match with just about anybody blindfolded at this point. And I mean, that's what we got here. This was fun stuff. Uh, I went two and a half on the match just because it was uh, kind of more story based than it was an actual match. But the story was good. I mean, it, Candido uh, doing all his heel shtick on the outside was was fantastic and. Uh, Mikey taking a shit kicking like you read about. My God, uh, that table bump was rough. Yeah. I mean, he just he crashes right through it, and uh, the total elimination as always looks uh, looks nasty, especially when Mikey takes it. Like I, yeah. I fear for my I fear for Mikey's life every time he takes mm-hmm. that move. But uh, yeah, so I went two and a half on the match. It was more uh, story based for me, but it was a good story, so I dig it. All right, we're not done with Candido yet, because Joey recaps what we saw it in Heat Bursts. He explains what happens in November, remember, and in Webster. He says, him and Mikey go, wait, 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 wait back. We just met last November. Candido spins things this, uh, his way, but it's clear fake nonsense. He says he didn't come to lose, but he already lost, and he storms off. Uh, <laughs> so it's an interesting approach for Candido. He's kind of scattered, uh, but clearly just an insincere dick. And Joey's not really buying what he's selling right now. So I, I, this has kind of helped settle in what's been happening by showing us that Candido is going to be kind of a kind of a shyster. And it, it makes me feel dumb, too, because mm. I felt like he kind of I felt like I believed him when he said that stuff about Mikey after their match. and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm right. like, uh, mm. probably not then. And I totally fucking fell for it like an asshole. The wankster. <laughs> Yeah. His uh, his whining part. his whining was fantastic. Look yeah. at my ear. Don't talk into this ear. You're talking to my good ear. <laughs> Look at my eyes. My eyes swollen shut. Joey's face. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got our hype central. Gurner spins his usual yarns. Talks about oh, the Dudley's God. issue. He brings in the undefeated Devon Dudley. Devon comes in and says he's unpinned, unbeaten, and undefeated, unpained. Just Devon talking himself up. Joel hypes him as well. Uh, in Hype Central, so as usual, fun stuff from Joel. Joey says on Friday nights he sits with his fiance Janice to watch the program that they record, and he hates Joel Gertner. He can't stand him when he sees him, <laughs> and he wants to smack him in the face. Uh, after break, we're back to Joey. Talks about the gangsters escaping November to Remember's champions. Part of a controversial 12 months goes back to Holiday Hell last year, where they defeated Public Enemy. And they joined via satellite. Joey asks about all the teams breathing down the neck and how it weighs on them. Jack says, they don't give a fuck who it is. They'll get their asses kicked. Mustafa is just staring. Joey says, it was a nice Yuletide greeting for the holiday season as they go through <laughs> their binging on violence tour. Joey turns the discussion to Sandman, recaps his volatile 1996, including the return of Lori, who was hell-bent on revenge, the issues with Raven and Tyler in the, in the ECW title, Joey also takes us through clips of the legendary wars between Sandman and Cactus Jack, the use of barbed wire, because this Saturday night, Sandman defends his title against Raven in a barbed wire match. So, Matt, any thoughts on any of this here with the gangsters and the announcement of the barbed wire match? 
the barbed wire match, if you is more what I'm looking for out of Raven mm. and Sandman right now. Uh, if you remember the last episode, I I, I was uh, not the biggest fan of the uh, the Raven Sandman match from November to remember. Yeah, uh, a barbed wire match is, is more what I was thinking, and uh, that is uh, the perfect stipulation uh, to bl- uh, I'm assuming to blow off this Raven Sandman feud. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, maybe not have Tyler around for that match, but mm. let's put Lori in it. <laughs> I want to see Lori get wrapped up with barbed wire. And for God's sake, teach her how to swing a kendo stick and hit somebody. <laughs> All right, Joey talks about the feud between Beulah and Francine. We get clips of their past victories in the ring during limited action. Beulah defeated Fran back in early 1995. And they've kind of coexisted until Francine turned on the Pitbulls and Shane broke Pitbull one's neck and then doubled down by throwing him around by his halo. The feud has been reignited now thanks to the association with Dreamer and Douglas. This has led Douglas to try and break Beulah's neck as well. Dreamer's had enough of Douglas and now Beulah and Francine have crossed paths and a score will be settled in a mixed tag team match this weekend. I thought, again, Joey's killing it tonight. Just great, quick synopsis of the feud and hype Mm -hmm. up the match. Yep, 100%. I mean, he's he's so good at this. He He's uh, underrated mm-hmm. at, at doing stuff like that. I feel like you never hear uh, anybody say just how good Joey Style was at quickly and concisely being able to tie everything together in like a minute or a minute and a half. It's just, it's amazing to watch. And he doesn't falter. He doesn't hesitate. He uses nope. the perfect words. Like, it, I'm jealous of his speaking ability. Like, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time, like... Just let me do what you do, Joey. But I can't. Yeah, it's always simple and easy to understand, too. So. Yep. All right, Dreamer's backstage. He says it's his fault. He's the one that brought Shane back to ECW. He offered him his innocence and got paid back in scorn. Of course, mm. a classic Dusty Rose mm. line. Mm. It's uh, Tommy's fault. Gary had his neck broken, and Anthony got chokeslammed through three tables. Beulah's in a hospital bed, and it'll be his fault when he breaks Shane Douglas' neck. Uh, and then we get a very long sexed up music video of Beulah yeah. dancing in a gym uh, in an action. So that was a little hot addition to this episode. Uh, any thoughts on Tommy and then Beulah's uh, Skinamax born? <laughs> <laughs> My first note was uh, about Tommy because I said, this looks like he's from heaven, apparently, because it was all brightly lit. Mm. Usually in a, <laughs> in a Tommy promo, we're like in a gutter or on top of a castle or somewhere weird. And this looked like literal heaven with smoke and shit. And then they pan over to Beulah gyrating this dance thing that she does for at least 85 minutes. It goes <laughs> on and on. That's when I started examining the fucking crazy song that was on like what the shit is this they had no idea uh pure jerk off material i assume for uh the late night ecw watching crowd so you know i'm not mad at it maddie i mean look if you if you can't afford cinemax at 3 a.m i mean you gotta go with what what they get it'll do it'll do it'll work in a pinch but i mean it's it's not necessarily what you really want but uh uh, yeah, uh, Dreamer, uh, great as always. Uh, now he wants to break Shane's neck. Does he want to kill him or does he want to break Shane's neck? I mean, I, I, I guess he could do both. I That's mean, it. One, it could be one of the same. One may one may lead to the other, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, like you said, uh, the highlight video, uh, eighty-five minutes long, and uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some Didolino material for sure. Ah, yeah, exactly. Sure. exactly. 
What a callback. Joey's in the nest. He talks more about Beulah, who accompanied Tommy in a TV title match against Shane in Downington, Pennsylvania. We get some more fan cam footage of that match where Dreamer barreled into the ring all over Douglas, rattling him with punches and a shot with the belt in the chair. Dreamer kept pouring it out of various weapons. We clip ahead where Douglas is taken over with a shin breaker to open in an open chair. Drop kicks a chair into his knee in a nasty spot. Clip ahead again. Tommy gets an airfall on a DDT with Francine saving. Beulah flops, flies over. We get a cat fight, but Tommy drags Francine in the ring, loads up a pile driver and just smashes her with it. The ref gets kicked during the move. Lee comes in and chokes Sam's Dreamer, and Shane finishes with a single arm DDT. Douglas and Lee then beat down Dreamer after the match. They drag Beulah in the ring. Shane loads up a belly to belly, but Pitbull 2 comes out and makes a save. So we didn't get to see much of the match itself here, just highlights. Uh, but it was fun. Some cool spots, the cat fight stuff. The post match beatdown was good too. Douglas and Lee continue to wreak havoc. So I didn't give a grade to this. I, I thought it was too clipped to really get into, Jenny, but um, I, I thought it was it was well done. It was a good continuance and set up this weekend's uh, mixed tag. Yes, I'm ready for that mixed tag. And I do kind of wish we could have seen all of it, but um, we got a good chunk of it, like a good enough chunk of it. Um, that slide... Uh, that Tommy did that kicked the chair right into Shane's face. That was great. The cat fight was great. Um, the interference. I love seeing Pitbull 2 run out still. Like, I'm glad he's still in the mix here. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, great stuff, Matt. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I, I didn't rate it either because we really didn't see all that much of this. But what we did see was really well done. Uh, Dreamer pile driving Francine was nasty. And uh, yeah, Bri- uh, the choke slam on Dreamer was great. The single arm DDT was great. Uh, yeah, uh, Shane going for a belly to belly. And like you said, Jenny, uh, Pitbull still being in the mix here is a, it's a good thing. I'm glad he's still he's still around because it does kind of seem like after that uh, spot where he got choke slammed off the truck, it, it felt like he hasn't really been mentioned all that much. Like, I, I don't know, outside of like the very end of November to remember, he didn't really pop up all that much in like the last month or so, which, which I get because, you know, he's selling the injury. But I feel like they didn't even mention him. So um, I was glad to uh, see him still around here. So, uh, yeah, fun segment, but not enough for me to rate. All right, we close this episode with another BWO paid advertisement, this time in a hotel room. Uh, Taz actually comes in and just yells at Stevie to never interfere <laughs> in his match again. Stevie says he's busy working, and Taz says, now you're not working, you're just joking around, you're goofing off. Blue Meanie <laughs> says they're having fun, so Taz just smacks him across the face. Good It says, don't ever talk to me again. You're a fat piece of shit. Look at you. Taz warns Stevie again and walks off, and Stevie says, what's up with that? And then asks Meanie if he's okay. Uh, this was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Taz is a maniac. <laughs> he was so mad. And then the worst thing you can do is mouth off to him. Yep. And Meanie just gets cracked across the fucking face. Run in his mouth. Uh, I thought this was tremendous. That, that slap was fucking rough. He clocked <laughs> him. Okay. He crushed him with it. Oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> Stevie looks shoot scared. They all look shoot scared. <laughs> well, like, I mean, and they who should blame be. them? They who really blame them? Be. I don't know. I don't know that Meanie was prepared for that face right. slap because it looked like he was not, and uh, it looked like he was really checking his nose for blood. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, uh, amazing shit. All right, so that'll do it. Uh, to get to our awards for this episode. 
Our best match really was our only match, and that was the tag, Mikey and Candido versus the Eliminators. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have a worse match. Uh, best moment is what we just covered for me. It's the yeah. BWO with yeah. Taz, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Most 90s, then with the fan cam. Uh, the yeah, fan I, cam. Or the BWO. I, I was going to say, I think BWO for me. <laughs> well, look, we can't give it to him every time now. They're going to be yeah, around forever. Yeah, we can. So. Sure, I can. <laughs> All right, stock rising. I went Candido. I went Joey Styles, so I thought it was tremendous in this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Taz, of course. I might add Beulah to that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you you guys hit on all rising. Mine. All right. Hey. Mm. All right, uh, and I didn't have any stock falling. I don't. I think everyone delivered in this episode fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. All right, final grade. Uh, you know, not the best episode TV. Didn't get a ton of new stuff. It did do a good job, though, hyping the arena show. And then the close was great. So I went five and a half out of ten. I was at six out of ten. Yeah, I was at six, too. All right. So that'll do it for us tonight. A bit of a short episode. Uh, but I think it complements last episode pretty well, which was, again, kind of a, a bloated one due to November. Remember, uh, we'll be back. We're going to cover four weeks of TV in our next episode. And that'll actually close out 96 for us, guys, and open what? 97. <laughs> um, so by the time we end our next episode, we'll be in 1997. Crazy, Jenny, because you and I now are going to be entering our fourth calendar year for this show. That is crazy. How are you feeling on this journey getting there? I was thinking about today. I'm like, I'm not really known for, like, deep dives. I think. Like, I know, like, a little bit about a lot of things mm-hmm. and to me it just sort of blows my mind like how much i actually know about this mm-hmm. and how much i've learned and it's amazing it's 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 one of the funnest things i've ever done is to watch the progression of this of this insane fucking shit show of a promotion that i love yeah i mean we've covered three years worth of stuff and they make a lot fit in i mean if you think back just even to early 94, some of the stuff's the same, a lot's different. Um, they've come a long way, and crazy enough, we're within months of their first ever pay-per-view. So it uh, mm-hmm. shows you just how, how quickly and fast they've grown. And Matt, even in the eight months that you've been with us in the calendar time, um, so much has changed, too, just from that when you arrived here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you feeling good heading into 97? Pretty excited to see oh. where things go? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 97 is a massive year for ECW, which we'll see when we get there. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it for sure. I'll be curious how it holds up. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say they think 96 is like the creative peak of the company, mm-hmm. even though like 97, 98 are big years for them. Right. Uh, they feel like 96 is kind of their best year. So we'll see uh, if that holds true and how things go as we get into 97 and, and continue to develop. So. Uh, be sure to check out everything here in the North South Connection. We appreciate all the support. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Content literally every day here for you. Uh, we're super proud of it. Wrestling and beyond, including the Jenny position every Wednesday. Jenny, you deliver us a new episode uh, from one of your various shows. So we're proud to have that here as well. Matt, you have tons of content as well on our other feeds. You can find us across all of our podcast networks and across social media as well. So, again, we'll be back in two weeks' time with four episodes ECW television into 1997. Until then, stay extreme.